the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Let's talk investing. Let's talk a little real estate. I don't want to sound like the old man in the room, but being the old man in the room, I want to say 20 years ago, San Francisco was a different city. I bet 30 years ago was a different city. I bet 40 years ago was a different city. You're darn tootin'. When I first moved to the Bay Area, I was fascinated. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do the, the weekend fairs. I think San Francisco's got a weekend event going on in every little nook and cranny 52 weeks out of the year. Whether you're going to South Market, whether you're going to the Castro, Castro Street Fair, wherever you're going, there's something going on, right? I was fascinated by it, and I've kind of seen the city change, and I think, for me, it's changed for the worse. So I've officially gone that direction, where I'm like, building too much, they're building too much. But that building's kind of important, because it adds more units of homes for people to live in. But what I've seen a lot of is hotels, and I'm just surprised how many hotels can go in to the Bay Area. I don't know where you live, but I live in San Carlos, and the drive up to San Francisco four days a week, I'm like, why are there seven more hotels being built? <laughs> like, and, and they're, in the, they're not in San Francisco. They're not in Palo Alto, where people might want to visit. They're in Burlingame, where people... People on the East Coast aren't going, I want to go to Burlingame. I want to go to San Carlos. I want to go to San Mateo. I've had this dream my whole life to honeymoon in San Mateo. It's not like they're, they're destinations. And to me, I'm like, how does this end? I'm just seeing hotels and small apartments continue to go up. And then this week, I saw HomeShare, a startup based in San Francisco. They convert living rooms in above market rate buildings into bedrooms so tenants can save on rent. That's what we're doing now. In order to afford San Francisco, we're saying, I would like a two-bedroom apartment with a a nice living room. But in the two bedrooms, I'm going to put two renters. And in the living room that used to be a nice place to watch TV, I'm going to put two more bedrooms. And I'm going to be a company called HomeShare that puts up a big old partition. And then they get a finder's fee for turning a two-bedroom apartment into kind of a four-unit apartment. But isn't that kind of ludicrous we're kind of living dormitory style now and we're saying we're okay with that desperate renters are finding their real estate bliss in converted living rooms that lease for as little as 1100 a month now that's great and they're basically taking expensive new buildings home share is and they're splicing them they're splicing their dice and they're slicing it's the new ginshu knife found in 2016 the startup has partnered with 10 properties in san francisco silicon valley and new york do we need a startup that basically puts partitions up in living rooms and maybe even into bedrooms? Like a master room could be turned into two, two small apartments. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, my mortgage lender. 
Good day. Millennials continue to migrate to high-priced urban areas, and we're just packing them in. Yeah. So. It's a trend. Um, smaller living. Smaller living. So uh, um, Co-living. Micro-bedrooms. They're, they're calling co-living now. Co-living? Okay. Co-living places uh, like New York and San Francisco are putting up co-living environments. Uh, San Francisco has something called the, I think it's called the panoramic and you can rent a bedroom. It's like $1,500 a month. Uh, you can rent a studio. Uh, maybe that's a couple grand a month and maybe a couple bedrooms. And all of a sudden you get uh, up to 25, 3000, but you, you share like the laundry, you share like the kitchens, you share uh, other common areas. As a lender, are you seeing people buy into this or is this just the companies basically figuring out how to be landlords? Is it, is it a landlord issue or is it an owner issue? Um, these aren't owner kind of properties. These are kind of short-term stay uh, units. Uh, lenders haven't quite caught on to the new trends yet. Um, I, I don't. I think it's on the smaller scale, so they're not going to figure it out yet. Have you found yourself in a situation where you're doing a loan for two or three people in a place, or is it still typically? We've seen a couple of those. Yeah, okay. we've seen a lot more than than five six years ago. How's that handled? I, I got to imagine banks, tenants in common. Okay. It's not the kind that it's not a tick that you think it is, but it, it's you, you just title it. You put thirty percent in, or ten percent. I put ten percent. Somebody else puts ten percent in. They get a seventy percent loan. They do tenants in common as far as ownerships, thirty three percent each, and uh, that's the way it goes. And they they title it in tenants in common. They can sell their their portion to somebody else at some time, and they get a room. And that's one way to do it. Now in Los Angeles, the city of angels. People are renting trucks and RVs to sleep in $4,000 a month. LA has experienced a shortage of affordable homes. One bedrooms in the Silver Lake neighborhood can cost upwards of 2000 a month. So a person who wants to work in like cable television, being a cable technician, installing cable TV, they make $45,000 a year. They're renting trucks and they're basically living in RVs. Yeah. There's a company here that's renting out uh, converted vans to do that. And as long as they, um, you know, your company you work for, you can shower there and park in their, their or you get uh, gym membership, a gym membership, and you can shower there and just go to work out right outside the van. I've seen more. I quit 24 hour fitness a couple of years ago, probably 15 years ago. Cause I saw more disgusting things in 24 hour fitness than I've seen on the internet. Just ah. disgusting. That's all I have to say about that. That's right. Jack. People are living in Las Vegas and flying to the Bay Area two, three, four times a week for their job. They have a job in the Bay Area and they're flying from Vegas. Their commute. It's a one-hour flight commute or or one and a half hour drive. Which one do you want? When I drive 25 miles into San Francisco every day, it takes an hour. Why not fly? Maybe, Why? Maybe they're staying in all those hotels that are being built up by the airport. Okay. You've got the answers for everything. I, I don't know what else to do. So... What are you seeing, though, as far as uh, what's the typical mortgage person knocking on your door in 2018 all about? Well, we haven't been that it's far a big into year it of yet. change, right? Uh, it's a big year yeah. of higher interest rates. Could be. Um, we, we are seeing higher yields. Okay. Uh, and they kind of stopped. You know, I think some investors saw that the, the higher yields and dumped a whole bunch of money into into bonds and for those yields. And it kind of held interest rates down a little bit. Right now, I think it's at right around 4% for the 30-year fixed, um, conforming 30-year fixed, according to Freddie Mac. So um, interest rates are still low. I mean, we've seen them much higher 
over the last several years. So uh, it's still an incentive. It's still one of the main drivers. I think, uh, you know, the lack of inventory in the Bay Area still um, creates, I think, I don't want to say illusion, uh, but it might be an illusion of, of high demand. Um, what happens if there's a little bit more inventory hitting the market? Will we still have that, that same amount of demand? I think that we won't know that until it actually happens um, or somebody really plays with the math. But uh, right now we still have high demand and for a few amount of property. And that is what's driving home prices and driving people to take advantage of these low interest rates and can try to get into properties. It doesn't matter if it's a condo or a single family. People are trying to get into anything. And that's why builders are building what they can, because there is that demand. And they're trying to get top dollar. And they're going to continue doing that. Right. And until interest rates hit 7 8%, we're going to be like, they're traditionally pretty low right now. The, the average interest rate historically is about six and a quarter right now. And where are we at now? Right around four. Which my dad would say is pretty darn good, but my dad's dead. So it probably sound like this. <laughs> my dad, my dad's a little, a little muffled, right? My dad sounds oddly enough like Michael Douglas. Hundred and two years old. Who wants that? Michael or Kurt? Kurt, you're right. So I just aged the wrong kid. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. You ever walk by a phone booth and go, what the hell is that? Things change, right? Do you remember phone booths when you were a kid? Do you remember landlines? I don't have a landline. I haven't had a landline in feels like 10 years. Consumers change, and as we change, we tend to forget. And one of the things that we're forgetting right now is television ads. You know, there's a big thing where we watch, like, Super Bowl commercials, and we're like, let's get together and watch the Super Bowl, and we're going to all laugh at the commercials together. And you hope it's a good game, and you kind of, like, hope the commercials last until the third quarter. But the way we're... Streaming content on Netflix is changing the way we want to watch television. It's tougher for traditional TV networks now to serve up television ads to us because of Netflix, because of Spotify, and others that are forcing the ad business to completely rethink itself. Tech giants like Amazon are also changing the way people discover brands, which is upending ad companies and marketing companies and the strategies that they did to market. Trying to help a brand right now reach out, reach out, reach out and touch someone in an increasingly anti-ad universe. An emerging generation of people who have grown up bringing their favorite shows on streaming services like Netflix and never signing up for cable. I got home last night from an incredibly long day, seminar day, and I hate flossing. I hate the idea of pulling out dental floss, right? You pull it out. You rub it between your teeth. You're supposed to use just the right amount of pressure and just the right amount of resistance. And I never know which one it is. And then my my gums bleed a little bit. And then I saw an ad when I logged on to Amazon for a flossing machine, a water pick. I'm like, I want that. And I ordered it. Did I do any research? Nope. I saw it was the best-selling, best-reviewed ad, water pick. On Amazon. I'm like, well, if it's good enough for most Americans, it's good enough for me. And see how we're changing the way we're consuming advertising and marketing and how we're changing what what we are even looking for? 
don't like the idea of commercials. Commercials to me seem so 20th century compared to what Netflix is doing and Amazon. Stay tuned in just a second. I'm going to take a commercial break. <laughs> right? It's, it's like, I'd rather listen to a Rob Black's podcast that has no commercials. That's right. Rob Black's podcast has no commercials. Whoa. You can find my podcast, and I'm very exclusive, at Apple, because I have a relationship with Steve. Steve and the boys over at Apple. Kind of a big deal. You can find my uh, podcast right there at Apple under Rob Black and Your Money. I'm very important. So there's an upper limit where economics don't work anymore. And honestly, I I don't think we're going to get to the point where we're not watching the Super Bowl commercials with friends. But I kind of feel like we're getting kind of there in our head where like, do not waste my time. I I, I feel like Samuel Jackson there. Do not point that gun at me. He's probably the worst actor of our time, but Quentin Tarantino can get him to do the same exact thing. Every single movie, every single performance, every single character he plays, his 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 gift is his registry, his his registry of screaming. Come on, you can do better than that. That's what Mr. T says. Oh, that's right, Jack. Teens are eating laundry detergent for the Tide Pod Challenge. I remember when I was a teenager, there was this myth that if you licked a frog, you would get high. For those of you who couldn't afford weed or didn't have like a, a dealer, someone to get your, your marijuana from. Now, ingredients inside the pods include ethanol, hydrogen peroxide, and polymers, a highly toxic mix of detergent meant to wipe out dirt and grime. And teenagers are doing dares where they're trying to eat it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Matthew Mahoney approves. All right, all right, all right. Matthew, could you play Bongo's Naked for me? Stoned. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. So anyway, these are the stories that I deal with. These are the ideas. These are the days of our lives. So cable, remember when cable TV first came out? Cable TV, I, I was, uh, my dad was in the military. And military bases are kind of unique because they're kind of like little enclosed cities. So cable companies came to them first. They're the easy, easiest ones to run cable on. They're the easiest ones to say, let's, let's practice this service. And cable companies originally were like, it's crystal clear TV without an antenna and commercial free. And the commercial free didn't last very long. So they, they kind of glommed right back onto it. So Facebook is changing up their news feed and they're changing up the way they're serving ads to and their stock gets hit five, 10%. I think that's a buying opportunity. I think Facebook will figure it out. They're figuring out how to track your, the movement of your eyeball to their page. They have stuff that's like crazy powerful. I'm a little bit afraid of Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google Alphabet. I'm a little bit afraid of them because they're so good at getting the human condition right. So we're changing the way we watch commercials. Do you like commercials anymore? I certainly don't. And if I'm a New York advertiser, that scares the, the, the heck out of me. If I'm Walmart and I want to place an ad on a television show, what's the hot show this year? 13 ways to 13 ways or something like that, or 10 ways to difference or scandalous 13 days. I don't know. So if I'm an advertiser and I'm trying to like place an ad, it's not effective anymore or it's not as effective anymore. So yes, the Super Bowl will still be the Super Bowl for a while and we'll still go, Ooh, look at the Doritos commercials. Isn't that great? There's a monkey that steals Doritos and eats them. 
Oh, look, there's a unicorn. There's a unicorn in an E-Trade commercial. Oh, look, there's a monkey who's riding a rocket to the moon. We'll still do that for a while, but Netflix is changing it. Netflix is changing the way we consume media. Um, We can't be trifled. We cannot be wasted with uh, commercial time. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about cryptocurrencies. Could be the 21st century's version of the Model T Ford. I own no cryptocurrencies, but the blockchain technology behind them could end up being the invention of the century. The technological advances in crypto space, those um, have to be compared to what Henry Ford did in the early 1900s. You will not find a, a, a financial analyst who doesn't say the blockchain technology isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. Speaking of all that in a bucket of chicken for $5 at Kentucky Fried Chicken, you can now go and pick up a bucket for the weekend. How's that for an advertisement? I'm not even getting paid. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshoe.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Governor. Go! Go! I like that guy's hair. In the world like of radio, he has some crazy jobs. There's salespeople, there's general managers, there's on-air talent. There's people who watch the board. Some of them flat out sleep during their shift. I'm so jealous. I'm a bad sleeper. I'm a bad sleeper. It's probably the one thing I wish I could do differently. Generation X continues to struggle with debt while millennials and baby boomers are making positive strides. Generation X struggling with debt. That's not good because I'm an Xer. Experience state of credit report paints a relatively healthy picture for Americans. Good. That's positive. That's like my good news Friday. Good day. Good news, Friday. The average credit score has risen to, from 673 to 675 over the last 12 months. That doesn't sound all that great. All right, all right, all right. My credit score, oh, it is so funny. I've got a friend who, she sends me a picture of her credit score, and it pisses me off because it's better than mine. 815. I just get like a, a snap or... um an instant message kind of thing, an iMessage, uh, Apple message of a credit score. I'm like, oh, I've got credit score envy. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Credit score envy. So that sound about right? 675, the average credit score in the U.S.? Yeah, um, not really. It's usually a little higher than that. Um, you didn't. You kind of caught me off guard, but the last I, I kind of was... caught you. I kind of caught you sleeping. <laughs> I don't snore. He does. <laughs> the other studio. <laughs> what funny was he was sort of running my show and he fell asleep during my show. Oh my gosh. Got a, pic- got a picture of that and that was the last day he did my show. But neither here nor there. So it's a good sign for consumer spending that we've got a pretty good credit score, right? Consumer confidence is up sharply. The Federal Reserve said this week that credit card debt hit a new record in November. It's probably the fastest way you can fight higher interest rates. What's that? Get a better credit score. Gotcha. 
um, in the mortgage world, the difference between a 640 and a 740 can be as much as one point. Uh, on a $400,000 loan, that's about $2,500, $2,600 a year more you're going to spend than the person with a 740 score. So, yeah, that's that's the first thing you want to do if you're getting credit. The newbies, which is funny because you have to get credit to improve your credit. The newbies, the babies, they're called Generation Z. They're age 18 to 20. Their average credit score is 634. They're off to a good start having had an average card of about 1.44 cards per person, 1.44 cards per person. That's less than half the U.S. average and typical credit card balance of $2,047, less than a third of the national average. So they have credit, but they're not, they don't have too many credit cards and they don't have too much credit card debt. Well, of course, they're young. They're 18 to 20. Um, but it is kind of important. It's, it's kind of one of those adult, uh, you know, they're practicing adulting, so to speak. Millennials age 21 to 34, their average credit score is 638. They have the average credit score climb four points in 2016, the most of any generation. Their overall debt, this is crazy, $222,000. They've increased their average mortgage debt by 6% to 198000 The economy has improved, and they are positioned to improve their financial standing. There's something to be said for that. When you're young and... Uh, you're just adulting, you're practicing, you're saying, okay, I'll take on a mortgage, whether it be a condo or a townhouse. And that's, I think that's kind of the whole stratus that California is based on. I was talking to a neighbor the other day. I'm like, my house is worth too much money and I'm stressed about it. Like I I want out of California. I think California is broken. I think the California schools suck. I think the teachers are underpaid. I think there's just not enough resources. I think California is broken. And he goes, yeah, so my kids, um, They'll, they'll, they'll get a townhouse, and then one day they'll trade in that townhouse for a condo, and one day they'll trade in that condo for a single-family home, and one day they'll trade in that single-family home for the, the best home ever. So that's the way he sees it. He sees it as kind of a rite of passage of, of start with, as President Donald Trump would say, start with something that rhymes with a pole and build your way up. So you build your way up in your housing. Do you think there's a theory there that you feel comfortable with that like you do start off with anything you can get your hand on in California to buy? Uh, in a way, uh, you have to, I think the down payment, you just talked about some of the debt that a lot of the millennials are carrying and, and that's, that turns into a payment. I have a nephew that has a $1,500 a month payment, uh, you know, over $100,000 in student loan debt. And I asked him why he's not buying a house where he lives, and he's in Charleston, North uh, South Carolina, and he can't buy a house there because he has that fifteen hundred dollars payment. But you know, if you can get the down payment and knock that price down a little bit, so it's a little harder for him to get that down to grow that down payment. But if you have a parent who's saying, "Um, "There's too much equity in my house," maybe you can get it from there. So there's a lot of that. I hope for that younger generation. Um. But, uh, yeah, that is the great way to step up. I, I think you had it a little backwards. I think you go from condo to ta- to townhouse, then to single family, um, or townhouse to single family. But um, w- what we're seeing, though, is that there's just not a lot of affordable housing, even condos and townhouses. Some of the condos that are going up near me are six, seven, eight hundred thousand. Do you go from one or you two go from Stockton to Fremont to San Francisco? Um, you can always buy somewhere else. You could buy in Sacramento, Stockton, maybe somewhere that's affordable, buy a rental, and then move the money into a single family where you want to live. Um, you don't have to buy real estate where you live if you want to be in real estate. Um, a lot of 
millennials here right now may think that that $50,000 down payment that they have doesn't buy anything for them here, when in reality that could buy 25% down in almost every other city in the United States. So Generation X, age 35 to 49, average credit score is 658. Their mortgage debt on average is $231,774. They probably bought during the peak of the housing crisis um, or the housing bubble. They looked for higher income neighborhoods. They looked for good schools because that's the age that they were when this was happening. And then they kind of got caught in that. The group has also got the highest rate of late debt payments at one one half of 1%. And the most average non-mortgage debt at $30,334. That's a lot of debt. $30,000 of non-mortgage debt. That's a nice BMW. I couldn't imagine that. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's car car and credit card. Yeah. The average credit score, um, 658. 658 for Generation X. Yeah. Again, that sounds a little low. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right here. Uh, For a conventional purchase... In 2017, average credit score was 754. Um, for a, an FHA loan, it was 686. So uh, I think that's a little bit off. Okay. I'm looking at some stats that say three out of four stats make up 75% of all stats. I think you would be correct. Who's buying houses? Is it Generation X? Is it the Millennials? Is it the Baby Boomers? Well, supposedly the millenn- What's the average, person, average age of the person you see in your offices these days? Anywhere from thirty to sixty. Okay, I mean it's a pretty pretty decent range. Are the sixty year olds doing refis? Are they buying for the first time? I just met a sixty five year old two days ago that's going to buy another property. He's already got four. Wants another one. Okay, Um, and he says I'm never going to. He's been in his house for thirty years and he keeps buying rental properties. I'm not sure how that fits his financial plan. And sometimes I have to stay out of that part of the scenario. But uh, he thinks that the rental income will help him down the road and he's using an equity line from his primary residence, which he can manage very easily. And he'll have some additional cash flow going into retirement because he wants to quit. And he's, I want to buy a house before I retire. Um, and it's, it's a smart move for some people when they do have that income and they're planning on retiring and having a lower fixed income after retirement. So I see all ranges of people, Rob. Is that kind of where the mortgage industry kind of falls off a cliff a little bit where, I can qualify for a mortgage today and then quit, and your then, job and the next quit my job the next day. Um, a little bit. Or lose my job or retire in five years. I'm not saying that I'm going to. I'm not going to laugh the system and say quit, but. We, we actually do have. We've been hearing a little bit more about lenders um, doing what they call a one or two month callback, where they're actually physically go to your house and knock on your door and see who answers the door kind of thing. Um, Are you still working? I don't think they've ever started. We haven't heard about them checking on your work, but we've, we've seen lenders be threatened with buybacks now and buybacks are uh, the taboo in our business. Um, That's where a lender sells the loan to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac or whoever. And then all of a sudden they get a call and says, Hey, you got to buy this loan back. You didn't underwrite it correctly. So, that is a fear in our business. So I, I expect that might be something we see in the future. But as of right now, you could probably do exactly what you just said. I loved on Fantasy Island, Taboo, when you go, Le Plain, Le Plain, Boss, Le Plain. Tattoo. Oh, it was Tattoo, not Taboo? Tattoo. Hervé Villachet. Yes. You got to miss Hervé. <laughs> I'm going to make you a big star. Some agent saw that little dude and was like, I'm going to make him a big star. So baby boomers have the best credit score. 
Another reason to hate baby boomers. 703. That's just because they've been around so long and their credit cards have aged. So their credit cards are made out of stone from the biblical ages. Another reason to hate baby boomers. I brought Black talking all things financial money invested more. There's a silent generation, age 70 plus, who have a credit score of 729. And their mortgage debt's high at 156000 They're 70 years old and they have mortgage debt? I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Does this sum you up? Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight. I wanted to let loose. If that sums you up, please go get help. You're about to snap. You're about to become an active shooter. Whoa. Not a yes, sir. Not a follower. Fit the box. Fit the mold. Have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. If that sounds like your life, please go get help. You need help. So little Imagine Dragons. Dunda. Dunda. Trippy video. You will never, ever, ever have a career in singing. Uh, now that California has made plants that grow on the ground legal to ingest. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey will come to your house for $60,000, smoke weed with you, play the bongos shirtless, and you can watch the Magic Dragon videos together. That's not how any of this works. That's a big perk, huh? Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Yeah. They used to say that living within X amount of miles of Whole Foods would boost your real estate value. I got an email from Amazon yesterday saying that they'll now deliver from Whole Foods to my home. I'm like, that's the best day of my life. No, it's not the best day of my life. I find Silicon Valley to be silly. We just keep inventing stuff that we don't really need. So I know you're going, how about the 95-year-old woman who wants fresh eggs? You can't, you don't want her driving. I'm like, yeah, I guess you got a point there. That's not how it works. What's that that a drop from? Geico. Geico. Okay. Um, That's not how it works as a drop from Geico. How are you, Tony? I'm well. How about you? I'm okay at best. Um, I could use a day off. It was a long, long day yesterday with the seminar. True enough. Yep. It was a good seminar. Yeah. It's always interesting watching you work versus watching me work because I'm, you know, uh, I get big spurts, like six straight hours of emails or six straight hours of media. And like your day, it's all emails coming in, lenders asking this, you know, clients so, not signing this. It's a pretty big mix of Do I lock now do. or do I lock in the middle of the afternoon? Uh, you got a lot going on, to say the least. So anyway, um, he's doing my second home loan right now. So Rob Black is buying a second home getaway. Um, maybe it's a home, you know, <laughs> one never knows. Like, Certainly at home. We know that. Yeah. Wow. And you did, you did the right amount of research. And I think that going back to the whole topic of, you know, what does it take to buy a second home? I, I think you have to do the research. You can't just go, I want to get a house in Tahoe because it's Tahoe. Um, you have to do stuff there. You have to use it. You have to, it's got to be part of your lifestyle. And you also have to start thinking, you know, if you have kids that, I might keep this only five years because my kids may not be using it in five years or six years. And I might then turn that into a different type of second home. So the more things change, the more things change, in my opinion. Um, I used to like uh, a vacation in Playa del Carmen. 
And then there was a period of time where, you know, it shifted to Hawaii. And I was like, would I ever want to buy a house in Hawaii and retire here? Like, I see people, for me, no. I see old people with cancer when I think about Hawaii in my head. Old people told, you got cancer, you've got six months to live. They're like, screw it, I'm going to go buy a house in Hawaii and sit on the beach for the last six months of my life. I I don't have that diagnosis yet. (laughs) Maybe I guess when it happens, I'll do that. But who would want to fly back and forth to a getaway home in Hawaii? I get it. Maybe if you have that kind of money where you're going to see it twice a year and you're going to bring extended family and try to impress people, maybe a 25-year-old modeling agent. As long as you can figure out how the taxes all work, uh, a lot of people buy them for investment, okay. um, and they rent it out. They do a vacation type of property. Um, I, Which is how many how many people that own a property in Tahoe that you know use it only as a second home? Meaning most? Mo, mo, no, you mean where they don't rent it out at most? All. Okay, that's that's people don't like rent. fine. That that would we, be a great intention. It's your home. Yeah. You get to customize it the way you don't have people tramping around and right. and you know using it over and over and over and over like a hotel. The but. conventional wisdom is that everyone rents out their home. And what I found from doing research in Tahoe, very few people rent out their home um, because they don't want people dinging their walls, having sex in their beds, um, walking through the house with snow boots on kind of thing. So from what I've found is that people go, I'd rather not have that. On occasion, you know, you could see the people who are like kind of overbought and they're like, I have to rent it out. Otherwise, the cash flow is not going to add up and I could lose everything. So there's certainly an angle there as an investment. Let's say you are the type of people that go on vacation quite often and you want to buy an investment property. Um, I I found it just shocking how uh, expensive it is to use like a professional rental or vacation management company, Uh, but they do a good job and they, they can, they can give you all the numbers and say, if you put this much money down, you get this loan, this is your payment and you rent it out these prime days of the year and you use it the other times. And maybe you take one of those prime days, you're going to make this much money and you factor in, okay, I've just cut down my vacation costs by this much by owning this house. And maybe I make a little bit of money. My brother owns three vacation properties and every vacation he goes to those one of those properties and uh, it it makes sense for somebody like him like i'm glad he did that because he has no other money he has to go there on vacation um so it depends on how you have to really look at it can you buy it without renting it out do you have to rent it out um and as far as lending is concerned if you're buying it as a second home it's not a rental or you buy it as a rental and then on your you know, you use it as a second home slash vacation home. There's, we can be creative on that end. Whoa, mind blown. Well, so. yeah, just numbers. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's doing my mortgage right now. He will tell you little secrets about me, but uh, nothing, nothing too secretive. I have a long list. I'm sure you've you've actually been in jail with me, so <laughs> you've you've actually committed the crime that I'd served time for. Anyhow, we're breaking out of the show. We're done. We're finished. We're over. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.